propagate and uh, churches beget churches and we're thankful for that I mean my congregation is here in part for the brethren that served here years ago and somewhere in the late 40s early 50s maybe organized maybe here thinking maybe yep so I was wondering if the community was kind of named after the church because I saw King's Edition Lane and I saw but uh Thank God for, for the faithfulness of his saints and, and the thankful for the, the Lord's churches. And uh, so we're just, just thankful that uh, you're still here serving the Lord. And uh, I know that uh, churches individually aren't guaranteed perpetuity, but the Lord has promised perpetuity to his churches, and his church is going to continue. Not just simply as an institution, but there will be churches here upon this earth uh, when the Lord comes back, so we're thankful for that. Ephesians chapter number 1. And you can go back and review that tape and see how I got about five churches' names wrong there, trying to think back. But anyways, uh, bottom line is, you know, we, 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 we were thankful for the Lord's churches and that they continue to... Be in business. Ephesians 1. It's hard to pick out just a little passage here, but I'll start in verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, even in him, and whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. So in verse 9 we have the term purposed, and in verse 11 we have the term, uh, again, purpose. And that's our line of thinking this morning, this afternoon rather. Um, if I was going to title this, I would say on purpose. And uh, so uh, let's bow our heads just quickly in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you again for your blessed word this morning. We thank you for uh, we come into your, your presence in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for salvation, for life eternal, and some of the things mentioned in this passage, dear God, that redemption, that blood that was shed for your people, that uh, the fact that you chose a people from the, for the foundation of the world and that that was your design, your purpose. And uh, we thank you for your counsel and that you are working all things out according to your counsel and, and your purposes are coming to fruition. We thank you uh, again for saving our souls. Pray you forgive us for our sins now as we look in your word. Help us to divide the word of truth and bless this congregation, King's Edition, Missionary Baptist Church. Bless Brother Steve and, and the other brothers and sisters in Christ here. And, Pray that you would continue to use them for your honor and your glory. Bless our congregation as well. And we pray that you would um, be with uh, us all if you tarry in the Lord's uh, day tomorrow. And you bless those services. Forgive us for our sins again. And we pl- if you'd be pleased, dear God, you would uh, strengthen the saints. And, uh, and you'd be pleased to continue to call out sinners out of darkness into your marvelous light. Forgive us for our sins again. Help us live and look for Christ's return. His name we pray. Amen. And Brother Steve to introduce myself, so I didn't do that already. So I am Benjamin Stepp, um, pastor of the Heritage Landmark Baptist Church. By the grace of God, I've been there for 
since 2001, I've been pastor, and uh, we've just been blessed uh, to be there that long, and they haven't shown me the door yet, and uh, uh, a lot of family there, and, and some in-laws and outlaws, but, you know, that's sometimes a challenge, too, but it's all good. God's good. God's blessed, and uh, uh, he's still... He's still taking care of us. He's still moving in our midst, and and uh, we get to uh, preach to those who have not made a profession of faith every week. I told my wife, "What more could you ask for?" I mean, you you want to be able to preach to to individuals that need Christ. You want to share Christ. You want you want to, of course, strengthen the saints as well. And uh, but but you know, so we're so thankful for that. Well, this message here. Uh, I grew up in a, a pretty large household. There were six of us kids, mom and dad. And I just remember different times. Uh, my, my, my sister was the oldest, and I was the baby. But I just remember sometimes we got into a little bit of uh, uh, arguments and such, and some, some uh, siblings would try to aggravate others. And I just remember hearing this expression a few times. You did that on purpose. You know, it wasn't an accident. You did it on purpose. So I started thinking about along those lines. You know, sometimes people, you know, maybe it was uh, you interrupted somebody's uh, board game or whatever, or somebody was trying to do something uh, creative, or, or or some you know build something or something, and, and maybe a younger sibling, not myself of course, would go by and, and aggravate them a little bit, you know, and uh, but that was all what y'all said. You did that on purpose. You meant to do that, you know. Sometimes I guess uh, we do, you know. I guess in the criminal system they have to try to determine sometimes whether something bad happens, whether there was intent. Or whether it was what the world thinks is an accident, maybe it was recklessness, but of course there's a difference between premeditated uh, wickedness and just uh, just uh, you know the, just uh, what the world considers happenstance or or accidental or unintentional. But uh, I looked up the Webster's word for purpose is a noun. It is it is something set up as an object or an end to be obtained, an end to be obtained. So in this context, we see. That uh, I like verse 11 very much. It says, in, the, in, the, in, in whom we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. May I say to you this afternoon, the Lord saved us on purpose. Nothing accidental about our salvation. Nothing accidental about the plan of grace. Nothing accidental about his sovereignty and the fact that... Um, in verse 4, the context, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, he had a purpose, he had a plan. And, and nothing is, I wrote here, not, the purposes of God, nothing is accidental or incidental. Everything is done on purpose. And, you know, the purposes of man, sometimes they are frustrated. You know, I, uh, I, I, in my business, you know, I sometimes try to lay out what I want to do when I start out to work, and and you know, sometimes we plan on doing something. We you, know, you think about that definition of purpose: something set as an object to end to be obtained. Maybe we have this goal before the work day's over. We want to get this task done or that task done. Sometimes it doesn't work out. I get sidetracked sometimes. I get, I get off on another project, and I get try to do five or six projects at once. I don't get the project I wanted done done. So my purpose in that case was was thwarted. It wasn't accomplished. But again, with the case of our Lord, the Almighty God, His purposes will be accomplished. 
and they will come to pass. And uh, uh, it's just uh, something that we rejoice in. Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He's working things out. He is accomplishing what he sees fit to accomplish. Like what the psalmist said, Our God is in the heavens, and he hath done whatsoever he pleased. That's Psalms 115.3. I think of that verse many times when I think about the sovereignty of God. Uh, God does what he pleases, as he pleases, and, and he accomplishes what he sets out to, to, to accomplish. So just in the New Testament, if you kind of do a concordant search of that word purpose, you know, some verses you know, probably popped in your mind right away. Uh, one of the more famous verses we Baptists uh, think about and use quite a bit, and, and I suppose uh, many Christians do, Romans chapter number 8 and verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He had a purpose in calling us. Of course, this, we come to this verse many times. Uh, I mentioned my brother's no funeral today. We come to this verse, you know, it comforts us when we're grieving. It comforts us when, when challenges come up, when there's a crook in that lot, when difficulties arise. We still can know that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. He is working things out according to, as our text said, according after the counsel of his own will. And so here we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And, you know, right across the page of my Bible, you know, the, 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 uh, as the, the Apostle Paul is teaching on election, a little uh, passage in the 17th verse, well, important verse, verse 15, he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So there is not him that willeth, nor him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for the same purpose have I raised thee up. It's hard for us to discern all the purposes of God. You know, boy, that's a, that's a big topic. What has God designed this event for? What To what purpose is it? But it, I, I tell you, if it occurs... It is in agreement with his purposes. He's either allowed it to happen or he's actively caused it to happen. But nevertheless, it, nothing happens that's not according to his counsel and his will. And uh, so we have to realize that. But he says to Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up? Well, he enlightens us part of that purpose that I might show my power in thee. Pharaoh, of course was uh, not a godly person, to say the least. He was an enemy of the God's people. He had been uh, murdering the, the, the children of Israel and their, their infants, and, uh, you know, much like what goes on today. And, you know, he was, he was anti-God. If he was living in this generation, we'd say he's anti-Christ. And, and uh, so he, was, he had his purposes. He had his kingdom there. And, and Pharaoh's purpose and God's purpose collided. Who's prevailed? Well, God's. God said, I've raised you up just for this purpose, that I might show my power and my authority and my might, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Pharaoh's purpose, well, he, he did a couple of times. He thought he was coming clean there. If you read the account in Exodus, he says, you know, I've sinned, and my people are sinners, you know, to paraphrase. And he, he says, I'm going to let the, let, 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 let the people go. 
But then he changes his mind, doesn't he? And even at the very end, he changes his mind again. He sends the army out after the Israelites. He thinks he's, thinks he's got them hemmed in, of course, but the Lord opens the Red Sea and the children of Israel go over on dry land and Pharaoh's purpose was to destroy them. God was not going to allow that. May I say to you this afternoon that the Satan's purpose is to destroy the people of God today. But God is not going to allow that. His purpose, Satan's purpose, is to destroy the churches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but the Lord is not going to allow that. The Lord will allow some things to the church. I think maybe at Smyrna he said, uh, you know, the devil is going to put some of you in prison, to paraphrase that passage, Revelation 2.10. But as far as totally overcoming the Lord's churches and destroying them and, and overthrowing the work of God, it will never happen. As I said, the purposes of God are, are never accidentally uh, worked out or incidentally worked out. You know, even the cross... We see the sovereignty of, uh, of God. We see the wickedness of man. But, you know, one of my favorite verses in that regard is Acts, the second chapter, the 23rd verse. It says, speaking of the, the, work, the things around the cross and the crucifixion of Christ, Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. The word purpose isn't used, but obviously it's the same concept. It was, it was God's counsel. It was His determination. You know, if we look at our Webster's definition of, of uh, purpose, you know, it is something set up as an object to an end to be obtained. It is an intention. It's a revolution, uh, resolution, rather. It's a determination. So here the word determinate counsel is used. Him be delivered by a determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. So they did what they wanted to do. They did what their flesh desired to do. But it was according to the counsel of God. They would only do so much. You know, their, their purpose was to have Christ uh, associated with criminals and put in a common grave and disgraced. Well, it didn't work out. Their purpose didn't work out. Their purpose was after that, uh, as prophesied, he was in the rich man's grave, Joseph Arimathea. Their purpose was that he would stay in the grave. And they set a watch. They made it as sure as they could. Their purpose didn't work out, did it? The Lord showed himself alive in many infallible proofs, and he came forth uh, victorious over, over uh, uh, death, hell, and the grave. So you see when God's purpose and man's purpose uh, conflict, you know uh, whose prevails. Well, time and time again, it's, of course, going to be uh, the Lord's purpose is going to prevail. You know, even good men sometimes have our purposes frustrated. I just, you know, using that concordance search back in the book of Ezra. Ezra, the fourth chapter. I'm just going to pick a verse from out of here. You see, they, they were involved in a good work. But sometimes, from a human standpoint, our purposes are frustrated. Uh, Ezra 4.4, 4, Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. But, you know, if you read the whole thing out, the Lord's purpose prevailed. All the efforts of the enemy, yeah, they slowed them down a little bit, but the wall still got rebuilt. And Jerusalem still got rebuilt because of God's purpose. Well, you think about even Satan, and we mentioned his intentions and his purposes around the cross. Well, a verse jumped out to me as I was looking at that word purpose throughout the Bible over in 1 John, the third chapter. 
What about Satan's objects? What about his intentions? Well, they're ultimately going to be overthrown. Satan wants to be make himself God, doesn't he? He wants to he wants to be worshipped by man. In First John chapter number three, verse number eight, he that committed sin is is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Like I said, if you're talking about the purposes of God, there's there's point upon point you can make. But one of the purposes that Christ came in this world was to destroy the works of the devil. And he's going to. And he is. And he's going to prevail. And, you know, the Lord had talked about that, the strong man and the stronger man and spoiling the house and a different parable over there inferring, you know, obviously Satan and the Lord's able to overcome Satan. You want to see Satan, Satan has many purposes and plans, but you want to see Satan's end, you go to the book of Revelation. Revelation, whose purpose prevails, Satan or the Lord? Well, Revelation 20 and verse number 10, it says, The devil that deceived him was cast to the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That was not his object. When he fell, he desired to be as God. He desired, and he led many with him. He led many astray. He did do many uh, terrible things. And he's the father of the lie, and he was a liar from the beginning, a murderer from the beginning. We know all that, but he will be, God's purpose uh, is to one day cast the devil and those his enemies into the lake of fire. And that will happen. People can, you know, I, don't, I know we, we sometimes run into some intellectual people, some people that are, are, are you know, supposedly enlightened, and, uh, but they don't believe in, in a place called hell, but hell is very real, just as heaven is very real. And, and uh, despite all the uh, different uh, teachings contrary that is a very real place where those who reject the gospel will end up. Those who are are opposed to God's purposes, God's plans, and you know they will be uh, accomplished. Well, uh, there's a lot of good verses along these lines, along the purposes of God. I, one one that comes to mind to me also, just to get a few in the New Testament first. We're going back to the old Second Timothy chapter number two. God has did things on purpose to bring about certain ends, certain objects. Second Timothy, the first chapter, love this verse, ninth verse, says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. We must remember that works will not save us and cannot save us. Nothing we can do can, can merit, we can ever merit salvation. We're not saved according to our works. Of course, it's according to as it says here, but according to his own purpose and grace. We're saved because God purposed to save a people. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ came in this world to seek and to save that which was lost. The Apostle Paul said this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came in this world to save sinners. Sounds like to me he had a purpose. You know, sometimes I, I, I deal with young people quite a bit. I I, I, I deal with a Christian school, I coach a softball team, so I'm around some kids, and, and they're always, you know, I, uh, from middle school, sixth grade up to senior, 
and they're always, you know, struggling with what they want to do in life, you know, and there's all this pressure to go this college and that college and, and this line of work. And people are always, uh, you know, talking about, well, you got to find something with purpose and something that means something to you and all that. Well, our purpose in life is to honor and glorify God. And then that, you, you seek the kingdom of God first, and everything else will work out. You know, what occupation you're going to go in, you know, and these kind of things. Our purpose, of course, we fail miserably many times, is to glorify uh, our God. Someone say, what are we here for? Well, we're here to honor and glorify our Creator. And uh, so that's our purpose in life. But here, I love this according to his own purpose and grace. He who saved us, it was according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Salvation is not, it's, not, it's an ancient plan. It's back to, there never was a time that God did not intend to save sinners. And that's something hard to wrap our, our finite minds around before the sinner ever fell. There was a plan of salvation. You know, Christ Jesus was as a lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. So it, it, it's brought out here. Uh, it's given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You know, sometimes there is, uh, as the Bible teaches us, there's a time for everything. You think about purpose. You might think about Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. That's very insightful as well. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Famous verse, Ecclesiastes 3, verse number 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There are many purposes under heaven. There's, there's different times for different objects to be accomplished. He goes, a time to be born, a time to die. And then really you look all down through there, there's everything in between. And... Uh, there is a purpose and a fixed season for different things to occur in our lives. And you drop down to verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. So God's purposes will, will be accomplished. Our purposes uh, sometimes, if it's in line with God's purposes, yes, they'll be accomplished. But uh, God's purposes will be accomplished. In verse 17, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every purpose and for every work. There's a time coming. There's a judgment of the just and unjust. There's a resurrection of the just and unjust, as the Lord talked about. And there is a time. For every purpose, as the preacher said, a time to be born and time to die. I said my brother's preaching, preaching a funeral today, and uh, some people look at some deaths and say, "Boy, that was untimely, and that was unfortunate." And, and from a human standpoint, it may be, maybe a young person is 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 killed in what the world would see as an accident, an auto accident, or something like that, or the life seems to be cut short. But in reality. We all have as a point a man wants to die. That, that's an appointment we're not going to miss, I, I tell people uh, many times. I'm not the best at getting to appointments sometimes. I thought I was going to blow it again this morning when I had that flat tire, but the Lord blessed in that, and there, there's the providence of God right there. It was God's purpose that I'd get here on time. 
I didn't have my suit and tie on yet, but maybe they knew I was going to go go preach somewhere, so they said, uh, we'll go ahead and take care of him. And But uh, thank God for that, working that out. Um, so there is a time and a season for every purpose. And uh, so that's we must remember that. Well, I want to think a few, just real quickly, about a few few things that God has purposed to do. Uh, well, we're in the Old Testament. We could... Uh, I'll give you a few more famous verses real quickly. Uh, Isaiah 46. And we ought to live our lives on, on purpose, intentional, I guess, is a good way to put that. We ought to be intentional with what we do. We ought to not be haphazardly serving the Lord. We ought to uh, make a, a, a concerted effort every day to, to live for the Lord, to do things the right way, and to, to uh, look for opportunities to... To, to, to be better witnesses. Uh, grew up in a Baptist church. My dad must have used this verse hundreds of times before I was ever saved. I heard this verse. Uh, Isaiah 46. And uh, verse 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there's none else. I am God, there's none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. So we might add pleasure to purpose. His pleasure, what pleases him, will be accomplished. Uh, and you, the word purpose shows up in the 11th verse. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executes my counsel from a far country, yeah, I have spoken it, I also will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. As I mentioned already, my first point along those lines was that he is determined to save. He has, uh, you know, a, a purpose. He purpose something that one of the synonyms was a, a determination. He is determined to save. He is determined to redeem. And really the context, you know, we read already in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Let us not ever forget to mention the blood of Christ. It's so important. It's so necessary. If we're ever going to be washed, if we're ever going to be cleansed from our sins, it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the sin debt. Simon Peter said we're not redeemed from corruptible things, but the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he determined to redeem a people, and he paid that awful, terrible purchase price on the cross of Calvary. Matthew chapter 28, or sorry, 20, and verse 28. Even so, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. You know, it was said that his face was uh, set as flint toward Jerusalem. He was determined. He said to Simon Peter, These things concerning me have an end. His purpose, again, was to redeem a people. Can't help but think of those verses over in Galatians, Galatians 4. Verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. We might receive the adoption of sons. And, and, and all those purposes came to fruition. He, his purposes are planned and rooted in his love for his people. Uh, you know, you can't help but think about the love of God. I'm thinking about John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved His His 
He, he, we love him, John said, because he first loved us. And uh, he has purposed to, to do that. He's purposed to save. He's purposed to redeem. He's purposed to, uh, to, to reconcile us to God. And, uh, you know, there's many purposes of God. Uh, he purposed to, to institute his church upon this earth, you know, upon this rock. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, Matthew 16, 18. That's his purpose. And to say that the church went out of existence, it needed to be restarted, rebooted, reformed, whatever, is to deny, is to say that God's purpose was not accomplished. And, and in each and every case, we think about the purpose of God, they're always accomplished. They're never, they're never, you know, God doesn't have to have contingency plans. We sometimes have contingency, okay, what happens when this happens? Or what happens if this happens? And uh, so, but that's not the case with our Lord. Okay, so what about us? Where does this come down to us? I mentioned already what our purpose is in life is to is to glorify God, you know, uh, those those verses all the forties in Isaiah are so magnificent. But Isaiah forty three and verse seven, even every one that I have called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him yeah, I've made him. Verse 21, This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Of course, in our fallen state, we could not do that. We could not honor our Lord. We could not. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. But when the Lord saves us, praise God, he purposed to save. You know, people uh, get all bent out of shape about election and God choosing to save. Well, if God didn't choose to save, no one would ever been saved. If we would have got our, our just desserts, if you will, the people say, oh, it's not fair. And Well, you don't want fairness. Because fair would be, each and every one of us would be like the fallen angels. No hope. Nobody cries out of unfairness about the fallen angels being reserved in, in everlasting chains. But God is merciful. We don't want fairness in that case. God is merciful. God is righteous. God is just. God is holy. And a holy God can forgive us of our sins because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only because of Christ. So, you know that verse you read in 2 Timothy there, his purpose in grace, it's in Christ from before the foundation of the world. That's why he's able to save us. That's why he can save us because Christ paid our sin debt. And God's wrath and God's righteousness, God's wrath is poured out upon Christ. And not us. He was our substitute. So I kind of close with the thoughts of let's 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 try to live our lives with a purpose and do things on purpose. I mean, sometimes I do things unintentionally and it works out, but that's not that ought not be the goal. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, you think, well, boy, I'm glad the Lord worked that out because I didn't have a clue that was going that was going to end up that way, but. We ought to pray about things. We ought to um, make that concerted effort to to serve the Lord and do things on purpose. I run into a verse which I thought was really excellent on these lines. Acts chapter number 11. There was some believers at Antioch. There had been some persecution at Jerusalem. And, you know, those brethren that left Jerusalem, they went preaching. They didn't preach just to the Jews. They preached to the Gentiles. And lo and behold, there's a mission work up here at Antioch. In Acts 11, 
In verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned into the Lord. There's a lot of folks been saved. Praise the Lord for that. And then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church was, was in Jerusalem. They sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. Who, when he came, had seen the grace of God. You see somebody saved, that's the grace of God. They're not saved because they were better than this one or that one. We weren't saved because we were better than this. But that's the grace of God. Was glad and exhorted them that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. We ought to have a purpose. We want to honor and glorify our Lord, Lord with our life. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for, for me to live as Christ. He was all about the Lord, wasn't he? Me to live as Christ, die as gain. He, all, he wanted to represent the Lord. He wanted to be a, a vessel of honor. He wanted to be an ambassador for Christ. Purpose of heart. I'm sure there's much more in that. We have time to develop here. Uh, I put down here we want to be on point. And on purpose. Politicians talk about that, don't they? They always want to be on message, don't they? And it seems like we don't get it. It's always a, pol a political season. Well, let us be on message. What's our message? There is a Savior of sinners. The Lord Jesus Christ. I got one of those arrow signs. I don't know how I ended up with it, but I, I put it down in my office, and I couldn't find hardly any letters. Me and Bethany, my daughter, worked around. We just had some, just for some reason, we just had just a few letters because a bunch of them got lost. The best I could come up with, I put on there, God saves sinners. Because we, we didn't have all the letters we wanted to say, but I couldn't get a Bible verse. I said, well, let's get a Bible verse. But I put on there, God saves sinners. So, you know, we want, to, we want that message to be known. I mean, there's some terrible, uh, people get themselves in such horrible condition, woeful states. Uh, addiction and, and sin in the world and, and all these things. But there is a Savior. There is a Savior who went to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood for lost sinners. So I need to be on message more often. I try to be on message. But uh, that's the most important thing we could point out to individuals. We ought to be on point and on purpose. We're created for his glory. We ought to have an obedient walk. Um, you know, I've mentioned seeking the kingdom of God first and all these things be added unto you. We ought to uh, love God, love man. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Romans chapter number 12. If we have a purpose, we ought to be able, we ought, we ought to be giving our lives for the Lord. And, of course, this is a great summation, very challenging verses about how we ought to be uh, giving of ourselves. And uh, Romans chapter number 12. If our purpose is to glorify God as saints of God, as members of the Lord's churches, hear, hear the Apostle Paul's exhortation. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, except one to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, there's a lot in that to consider. But another thing we think about is that we ought to be giving of ourselves. And, and it's okay. Apostle Paul talked about spend and be spent. Uh, we ought to be, our purpose in this life is to be 
that light on the candlestick, that city set on a hill the Lord Jesus Christ talked about. Uh, our purpose in this life is to be uh, what Paul wrote to the Philippians. I like what he had to say. Philippians chapter number 2. Verse 13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. And God, the, Lord's, the Lord's transforming us. We're not transforming ourselves. It's the Spirit of God moving and working and being filled with the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. As we, if our lives are consecrated, if we're sanctified in it all, it's by the work of God working in us. He has begun that salvation. He will complete that salvation. With work within you both to will and to do his good pleasure. I, you know, I don't have time to talk about the previous verse, but it's what a contrast. He tells them the work, and then he says God's working right after it. And these aren't in disagreement. But verse uh, 14, Do all things without murmuring disputings, that you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. That'd be lights. Holding forth the word of life. I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. There will be lights in a dark world. That's our purpose. Back to the Lord's purposes. I guess I'll close up in Ephesians 1, verse 11, in whom we have obtained an inheritance. Well, we have eternal life presently. When we believe the gospel, we repent of our sins, we have eternal life. But there is an inheritance. Peter talked about it incorruptible, reserved in heaven for you. Here's the inheritance mentioned here. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things out the counsel of his will. One thing I also mentioned and wrote down here, one of the Lord's purposes, his purpose is to return for his people. He's not done with this world. This world one day will be judged. It was judged one time with water, next time by fire, and it'll be remade. There'll be a new heaven and new earth. And his purposes will Come to pass. The Lord said, if I go away, I will come again. Now that's a direct promise. And He will, and He is. Are you ready for the Lord's return? I trust and pray you are. Because the Lord's coming back. All glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll turn over to you, brother.